The truth will set you free, but first it'll piss you off. Hello, 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 hello. Welcome back to Civil Diligence. Politics made simple for the everyday millennial and why you should give a damn. I hope everybody is well in the kingdom, living their best life and being great. I'm doing all right myself. Can't complain too hefty. I'm alive and breathing and able to live out my dreams and goals day to day. So I can't complain. Even when I want to, I won't. I'll persevere through it. Let's just get right into the into the disclaimers. As you all know, I like to start my show off with disclaimers. One, a curse. Two, I will mess up the English language. Three, we may not see eye to eye all the time or ever at all, but we can keep it respectful, just have the conversation and keep it moving and hopefully still be friends or at least come to some common ground. Four, I am in the kingdom. That is my qualifications on speaking on this subject today. Five, things may change by the time you listen, so keep that in mind as you continue to follow me throughout this journey. Things that I'm here for this week. It's a nice little segment that I like to do, just to say my utter joy from the last time that we've spoken. Things that I'm here for this particular week is... Not necessarily that I'm here for this action, but I'm here for my heart goes out towards the people who were affected by the synagogue shooting in San Diego. I'm so sick and tired of places getting gunned down, especially in a place of worship. A place of worship is supposed to bring peace, supposed to bring joy, relief. And we can't even feel safe at a church. We can't feel safe in a synagogue. We can't feel safe at a mosque. It's getting ridiculous to a point that where can we truly feel safe? I'm just the type of person that when is it going to be enough to relook at our gun laws, especially in America? Because I can only speak for where I live. It comes to a point in time where I know we like our guns and I would hate to impede on anybody's freedom. Live your best life. But when do we get to a point where this, our life, our freedoms are starting to affect our day-to-day livelihood? And I think that it's something to think about. It's something to really look into because we talk about gun laws. We talk about our freedoms being impeded by the government and the government shouldn't have a handle on this. But when we leave it to the people, people don't know how to fucking act. I just think that we should relook after them. I think that we should definitely be more cognizant of the people who we give gun licenses to. I think that we should really look into a handle on who can own a gun. Because, again, I'm all for your Second Amendment right to bear arms. But at what cost? So my heart goes out to the people who were murdered, the people who were injured, the people who were affected at the synagogue shooting. 
I think that it's horrible and horrendous that we can't go to these places and the places of peace without looking over a shoulder and seeing whether or not my life is going to be threatened. Another thing that I am here for, Joe Biden has entered in the race for the Democratic Party. Huh. I'm here for it because I love Uncle Joe. I don't necessarily know if it's going to mean a damn thing, but I like Joe. And, you know, I just feel like third time is a chart. And I'm going going to do an episode later on to break down at least what I think are like the top 10 candidates for the Democratic Party. Now, whether or not he's going to defeat Trump in 2020, we'll see. I think it's way too early to tell. I think that he has a strong start by being... Joe Biden. I think that his opening up campaign speech was strong because he didn't have to introduce himself. He's already a household name, whether you love him or hate him, you know. So he already made a name for himself. I think one of the challenges that Joe will probably face is he'll have to answer to some of his decisions in his 36 year tenure in politics whether that is how he handled uh, Clarence Thomas confirmation for the Supreme Court in the Anita Hill situation with the fact that he wished he could have done more when in all totality, you were the head chair. You could have done more in regards to that. Just reaching out and saying, I'm sorry, doesn't cut it. At least not by my standards. You're going to have to answer some of your sexual assault allegations. This is hashtag me too. And this is the time for people standing up and not taking too kindly to sexual assault. So he's going to have to answer to some of that and how he handled those allegations coming his way. Going to have to answer to some of his policy stance on foreign policy. And there's just a lot that he's going to have to answer going forward. I don't think that it's an end-all be-all for him. I think that he's a strong candidate for the Democratic Party because, one, he's liberal, but he's not so liberal as a progressive is winning. Although I said in the past, in a few episodes back, that we're heading towards a progressive nation just because of Generation Z and the millennials, because we as a whole are a liberal and free-spirited generation. But I do believe that we're not ready for progressive ideas only because baby boomers still are not that keen to change. And human beings as a whole are creatures of habit. And demanding change right away you need to ease your way into it. Now, I'm all for let our people go. I'm all for it. Shit's not right. We need to make it right. And let's go down the streets blazing. But in all totality, change, effective change takes time. And we're not going to get those yes answers overnight. And I think that Joe Biden is a middle of the ground for that. I think that he will be open to progressive ideas, but know the reality that change won't happen overnight. With Elizabeth Warren establishing or trying to promote a free college platform, I'm 
all for it but with these student loans and try to have or eliminate student loans in all totality. I'm all for it. It appeals to people like me who have student loans. And I got into this debate earlier this week about how the government lies to us and that this plan is a bunch of boo-boo. And I had to agree that I'm curious on who do you think is going to pay for this. Affordable health care that was that's the main issue is that people are trying to pay and it's not covering all that we thought was going to cover so yes we're gonna to have to fine-tune that but who's going to pay and if you don't have the right supporters to back that idea of who's going to pay because it's going to come out of her taxes some way or somehow it just depends on who's going to pay when it's all said and done sorry that's something to take into consent and i believe that we should make college more affordable but just to eliminate the debt in totality and to eliminate and make it all free, you have to be cognizant of our economy. We're a capitalist country that we love our stuff. We love our money. We love us. Me, find me is the society that we live by in America. We have sympathy for the poor, but we don't want to pay for their mistakes. So we think we don't want to pay for their shit. No, we want to make sure that our individual lives is going good. Elizabeth Warren's going to have to fight for that. But I believe Joe Biden understands the nature and the reality and the state that America's in. And I think that he'll take in consideration things being affordable for the next generation. But to make a complete overhaul of how things have been done in the last 232 years, that is a blanket number. Over 200 plus years. There you go. That's a more accurate statement. I think that he'll be better equipped for that. Now, the real test is how he's going to campaign in regards to the rest of the Democratic Party, because as of now, he is the front runner just by name alone. So we'll see. I'm curious on how it goes, but I'm here for it. I like him. I don't know if he'll have my vote personally, just because I'm ready for newer and fresher faces. Just saying. But I also don't know the newer and fresher faces. This was their time to run. But I'll explain all that in a few episodes coming up. So stay tuned for that. But that's what I'm here for. And I think we're going to leave it there for what I'm here for this week. Tell me what you're here for this week by emailing civildiligence at gmail.com. Or you can get in contact with me, you know, touch with me on my social media platforms that I'll say at the end of the show. Now, why we are here today I said that I don't know if I wanted to do a special episode for the Mueller report. Then I got busy with life and I'm like, you know, I'm going to write a blog. And yes, I finally wrote a blog, people. And it's on the Mueller report. Yay. So you will see that on my platform, onsilverdiligence.com, that I also wrote for the Common Sense Network. So you can also see it on there and I'll provide links and all that nature in the descriptions as I promote this going forward. If you want to read what I have to say about the Miller Report, but if you don't feel like reading, you can stay tuned and listen to what I have to say about the Miller Report. As you all know, unless you all been living under a rock, you know that the Department of Justice released the Miller Report. 
And honey, this in itself was a whole bunch of trash. Oh, God. The entertainment that came from this whole fiasco is something. And I went back and forth on whether or not I wanted to do a whole episode on it, especially when I wrote a blog about it. But ah, I wouldn't be doing my justice. I wouldn't be doing my diligence, my civil diligence, my due diligence if I didn't at least talk about it. So that's what I'm here for today. And I knew I always wanted to do a little episode about the Russia investigation and I pretty much are going to tie some of that into this today and I will promise people that I'm gonna try to make this as simple and easy to follow as possible so the president didn't collude with the Russia I cool so we get that we understand it fine so why is this a big old fuss well for a numerous amount of reasons let's just say that I get the whole concept that, oh, our president didn't collude with a foreign entity. Great, awesome, cool. We can move on. I get where one side, which is the Republicans and the conservatives and even some of the Democrats, are saying, let's move on from this. Let's go focus on actual policy issues and let's move on. Let's go forward and fight the good fight because an election year is next year. And we need to do something to at least... Make the American people feel more at ease with the clusterfuck our government has become. Cool. On the other side, we have some Democrats who are like, fuck that shit. There's something sketchy about this damn report. And even some Republicans are like, eh, I don't, eh, eh, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little hesitant, but I'm, I'm going to move forward. But yeah, so I get both sides of it where there were some things, especially the way some of this investigation was handled. For the people who know all of the ins and outs, this episode pretty much isn't for you unless you just want to hear me throw a little bit of shade. But for people who are like, I honestly do not know what the fuck is happening with this Mueller report. All I know is that my phone keeps ringing and all these memes keep popping up on social media. In regards to this report. So, I'm going to give you a little bit of freaking background on this report. So, back in 2016, I know it feels like a long time ago, people. We get hit with the idea Russia interfered with the 2016 election. And a lot of people at that time were saying, Russia? Blasphemy! They would never mess with the 2016 American election pogwash! Well, it actually turns out that Russia did interfere with the 2016 elections. And we get into this thing in March of 2017 that the FBI starts investigating whether or not the Trump campaign colluded with Russia. So that's when we start to hear about it. And that's when it's like, oh, well, damn, did he collude with Russia? That makes a lot of sense. So... In 2016, I'm going to give you a bad time frame that this dude named George Papadopoulos, there we go, I've been practicing that word, guys, for a minute, George Papadopoulos starts bragging and boasting that the Russians had dirt on Hillary. At the same time, the DNC, the Democratic National Convention's emails get hacked into and released to the public. Coincidence? I think not. During this time, 
Trump didn't make it any easy. As you may know, he basically welcomed foreign entities to come into the campaign and be like, yo, look into Hillary's emails. You should lock her up. Oh, you should find those emails and you should leak them. I'm, of course, paraphrasing, but he said something along those fine lines. Although they never found the emails, they went into people of her campaign and released personal emails to the public. Hmm. Coincidence? I think not. With all of this going on, plus, you know, Trump's love for Vladimir Putin, it made the FBI look a little suspicious at Trump. And like, okay, this isn't weird, but we're gonna we're going to go forward. Are you still with me? Okay, cool. I know you're still maybe a little confused, but it may make sense in the long run. So keep following. November of 2016, Trump wins the election. All is great in the land. Great, awesome until January when he gets officially sworn into office. So in January of 2017, after he was sworn in, Trump's former national security advisor, Michael Flynn, was initially questioned about conversations and involvement with Russia. It was at this point where Flynn fucked up. He basically said, oh, I've never had any conversations with Russia. What are you talking about? Basically playing stupid to the bullshit. Well, we found out that he lied. And that is why he is honestly guilty. And why he pleaded guilty for having involvement with Russian entities when he said up front that he didn't. And it had nothing to do with collusion, with the campaign or anything like that. It had something to do with money and some sorts or whatever. But he pleaded guilty for that crime of basically saying, I never had conversations with the Russians, when in all totality he did. So the former attorney general, Yates, knew of this and basically told the White House, hey, look, this should be brought to your attention. So she basically was the whistleblower for all this shit. However, before she could really get into, you know, the the nitty gritty and the meat of this investigation, she gets fired because she refused to act on the travel ban that Trump set in place. So she's out. Somebody, Jeff Sessions is in. Cool. Awesome. Shortly after Sally Gates is fired, Michael Flynn resigns. And now we are highly confused at this point. Like, oh my God, Michael Flynn resigned? from his position in the Trump administration? What is this? So in the midst of fi- Flynn's firing, James Comey, the former head of the FBI, and Trump had a private meeting about Comey's loyalty to President Trump and letting the whole Michael Flynn thing slide. And at this point, things get a little bit weird. In mid-February, Papadopoulos, you know, that guy that you never heard of before this whole investigation... He's now being questioned by the FBI because of his involvement with Russian operatives during the 2016 King of Pain. Fast forward to May 3rd. James Comey is out of a job. Now, at this point, everybody is super confused. Everybody is like, what the hell? What's going on here? 
Trump made a comment that he was going to fire James Comey regardless because of his handling of his deals with Hillary. And we all thought that was a bunch of bullshit. And then at this point, James Comey comes forward with receipts, mind you. He has whole receipts, which are his memos, and state that he was pressured to go easy on Flynn. All of these instances happened so fast, as soon after Comey's firing, Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein appoints Robert Miller as the special counsel to investigate what the hell is going on here. Thus, the Miller investigation is born. In the midst of all this madness, we get numerous amount of people found guilty, indicted, or pleaded guilty as a result from the things that they found in this investigation. So I don't know if anybody is familiar with the Steele dossier. The importance of the Steele dossier isn't that it came about in the first place, it's that it opened a whole bunch of lies and skeletons in the closet. From that dossier, from that memo, that is where we found out Paul Manafort ain't shit. Where we found out that Trump's dealing as a businessman kind of went south and he has some involvement with some shit that he shouldn't have been involved with as a businessman. How he paid off porn stars with money. His personal lawyer and fixer, Michael Cohen, had some underhand, dirty shit that he was involved in. So from that is where things started to go like, wow, whoa, hold the front door. Things are getting crazy. So we learned from that that his son, Don Jr., had a meeting with the Russians. And all of these things are crimes, but they didn't knowingly commit these crimes in the motive to collude with the investigation. It's what the conclusion of the Mueller investigation came up with. However, if you know anything about history, you know that all that stuff Although it had nothing to do with collusion, if anything, anybody knows anything about investigations, whether or not you're familiar with Watergate or whether or not you're familiar with, hey, this dude named Bill Clinton and his impeachment, they look at everything. You know, Bill Clinton wasn't originally investigated for Monica Lewinsky. He was investigated with his handlings and involvement when he was a governor in Arkansas with some investment property that him and Hillary purchased. It wasn't until they got deeper in the bullshit that they found out that he had an affair. Then the same thing happened with Trump. No, he might have not colluded, but let's just not say that he's free of all these other things that he has done in his past life either. It just has nothing to do with what they investigated per se. And in the eyes of the law, as far as him being president, it had nothing to do with that. So he's okay with that. Now, in regards to some other shit, whether or not he actually obstructed justice, that's where the whole, why we're still having this conversation. Because Bill Barr, the current attorney general, stated that Miller said there wasn't any obstruction of justice or he couldn't come up with a decision of obstruction of justice. So he left it to Bill Barr to make a decision. So Bill Barr said, I free the president of all crimes. Okay, he didn't collude. Let's move on. 
But in all totality, when you read deeper into the 400-page report, which I didn't completely do, I just looked at analysis and things of that nature to break it down because I had other things to do than to read 400 pages of a Mueller investigation. Sorry, call me Patty, whatever. The issue is, he left all of this to Congress. And Bill Barr took it upon himself to spin the story in a way that I'm going to put my hand on first. I'm going to put my opinion on this first in the front line before anybody else gets a chance to do it. So in all totality, it makes it look like Bill Barr is spinning it and trying to protect President Trump other than, you know, being the Attorney General of the United States. I get it. He basically auditioned for this damn job by saying he did definitely didn't agree with the Mueller investigation, that he feels like the past government was spying on businessman Trump and his handlings. And it makes it seem from a third person looking in that you're protecting the president. When in all totality, you should be protecting the laws of the land or helping with protecting the justice of the land. I guess you can say, and not protecting President Trump. Because it comes to a point where, yes, you were appointed by the White House, but you are the Attorney General of the United States of America, not the Attorney General of the White House. That's why the White House has its own personal lawyers. You are not it, sir. So I get why people are looking a little confused, looking and giving Barr a side eye because the way this was handled, it looks like some funny shit was being placed. Now, Mueller said there was absolutely no collusion. Cool. But he could not make a sound judgment on whether or not there was any obstruction. And that is why people are like, well, should we impeach or should we not impeach? And that's why we're having conversations and why there's fallout today because Democrats are wanting to impeach him. There are some Democrats that are wanting to impeach. There are some Democrats that are like, let's move on. And you may be wondering at this point, what happens now? And I say, good flipping question. They were never going to prosecute Trump. Never going to give him any kind of prosecution because of the fact that you are a sitting president. You weren't going to send a sitting president to go to jail. No. But the whole purpose of the investigation wasn't to prosecute, was to really see if they had some evidence of whether or not to impeach him, whether or not they could use that Mueller investigation on grounds to impeach Trump. And those are only grounds that Congress can make, as stated in the U.S. Constitution. I want to say impeachment isn't what you may think it is. It's not like, oh, this gets him out of the presidency. Eh, Yes and no. Impeachment is nothing but a mere charge. In order to be impeached, a person must commit treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. The question is, what are high crimes and misdemeanors? Obstruction of justice, as you may have heard or may have not heard, is a high crime or a misdemeanor. That's where it falls under. And there are people in the Democratic Party that do not want to waste their time, as I stated before. And there are others that's like, let's get this a fucking fight. Personally, I believe that it's a losing battle. I've said it a few episodes ago when we were talking about the investigation. I think it was the last episode of last year that... I believe this is the losing battle because even if the Democrats had enough votes to call for the articles of impeachment, I doubt that the Senate would vote to impeach him because it consists of majority of Republicans and some Republicans and those Republicans 
no matter what bullshit may go involved in this, they still stand behind Trump, regardless. They may disagree with policies and some of his stance, but they even said on numerous amount of occasions that we should move on from this. So even if it gets as far as calling for the articles of impeachment, they're not going to impeach the man. They're not going to fully impeach him. That's the thing about it. That's really where we're standing. I get it that people are like, oh, we should hold our politicians accountable for what they do. We should be doing that on a day-to-day basis because I think we've gotten so far away from the fact that we're going to lean on impeachment. And I think that's what we've been doing for two years, that we're not doing other shit to like bring our nation together, to really hold ourselves accountable and hold our politicians accountable. Yeah, I get it. I'm not the greatest fan of Orange Cheeto either, but just to rely your whole two years in office or since he's been or three years since he's been in office on the grounds that of, of impeachment we all know impeachment could take years and in all totality impeachment was never going to be a thing unless there was evidence that he colluded and since there's not what are we doing now we should probably put our efforts into policy policy that's for our people to progress to look into our fucked up immigration system, our fucked up education system, our fucked up infrastructure, our taxes, our economy, jobs, all of the above. Let's move forward because right now this is just wasting time because you're not going to have the votes. I don't think so. And if I am eating my words, I'm going to say that is a miracle and a prayer that you all had the votes to do so. Now this story is steadily developing, steadily coming together. And by the time you may listen, there may be some other shit that comes out. There may be some other shit that may happen. But as of now, April 28, 2019, let's move on. We got our answers. And a lot of people are disappointed in the results. I get it. I too. You couldn't have told me three or four months ago that he didn't collude with them hoes. But it is what it is. So let's move on and do something. So I'm going to end it here, guys. Tell me your thoughts on the Mueller investigation. Are you happy? Are you not happy? Are you singing to the mountaintops? What do you think that should be done? Should we impeach the man or should we not? And under what grounds? Email your thoughts to civildiligence at gmail.com. You can follow Civil Diligence on Instagram and Facebook. You can listen to Civil Diligence on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music. You can also listen to it on Stitcher. And I believe I finally got the okay of Spotify. Woohoo! So you can check it out on all those platforms. If you are curious about me going into more detail on about the Mueller investigation, you should check out my blog, The Tea Party, on Civil diligence.com or if you know about the common sense network check it out on that network too i am also a part of cmu radio a bunch of other podcasters doing their things so check that out when you get a chance until next time guys i hope you are great in the kingdom being fabulous getting everything that you achieve for and more but most importantly i hope that you're true to you thank you guys see you next episode bye